The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Benson. I'm your host. You could be watching the show on YouTube, which would mean it was Sunday, October 30th. But if you're listening to the podcast, this early look ahead to week nine lines, it's happy. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, you're going to try and get dressed up. Breach is dressed up as an Oompa Loompa. John Breach joining me. Breach a, Breach a Loompa. And I'm dressed up as a uh, the world's best Cavalier dad. Now, um, in fact, I am not an Oompa Loompa. Oh, yeah, baby. That's- hey, there's Wilma Flintstone. That's when Brinson dressed up. I am actually Solly from Monsters, Inc. And Brinson has a kid and didn't know who Solly was. I mean, that's like parents' strike. Probably not like that big of a Monsters, Inc. By the way, uh, and I, I'm not even like, I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was to put me as in, in, a, in a dress um, and, a, and a wig. And am I Wilma? Or I mean, uh, it was Brinson's own idea. He's who am, I, who am I in that? You are Wilma Flintstone. Yeah, Wilma Flintstone. So if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see me dressed up as Wilma Flintstone. Uh, just a quick backstory on that. I'm, I'm not wearing a beard, uh, but clearly you can see I can grow a beard based on the amount of chest hair hanging out of my, um, hanging out of my Wilma, my Wilma dress. Uh, just a couple of things. Like I'm not embarrassed by that. I will say that uh, when I flew, I was flying. I used to fly down every week to uh, Fort Lauderdale to do a show on CBS Sports. I guess just video before even we had CBS Sports HQ. And I land and I get to the office and it was always me, Joy Taylor hosted with me. Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard. And they're like, hey, good news. We're all going to do a costume together. I was like, cool. They're like, we're going to be the Flintstones. I was like, huh. They're like, the bad news is uh, Joy's Betty and uh, Dave and I, Jamie's like, Dave and I are the uh, Fred and Barney. And so you're, you're, you're Will. And so you're Wilma. And I was like, this is ridiculous, but you know, I don't really have any shame whatsoever. So sure, like, I'll put on this dress. Um, I got to say, and I don't know, this is probably going to come off the wrong way, Breach. But that was the most comfortable I think I've ever been doing a studio show. <laughs> it's like, My God. 
they right. came off the wrong way. Well, you're like, it, like I always feel like when I do, when you do the studio shows, like those lights are really bright, and you're always wearing like a, you know, wearing like a suit, and you're, you know, you're, just, you're very much, you know, um, and that like uh, little one shoulder dress thing that I'm wearing, which is like a cheap like party city thing. I was like, it was like 60 degrees in there. It was fantastic. So I don't know. You do that, do that what you will, but that's just what I'm saying. Line, 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 line. Finger licking good special. You want to dress up like Wilma Flintstone every day because of it's comfortable. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Like for <laughs> I instance, got out of that. For instance, no, no, no. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just saying that like, you know, like right now you're probably, well, you probably turn the temperature down, but you, if you were, if you were doing, um, if you were doing like HQ right now on set in your Oompa Loompa outfit, you would be sweating your face off. Sully from Monsters Inc. You're Sully from Monsters Inc. outfit. Do you have a hood? Like a little, I do. I do have a hood. It. Let's see it. Your hair's looking good, Breach. Well, Put some the mic in there. The the earpiece is it's not up because of that. Oh, I gotcha. I don't need to see the hood. I just wanted to see it. On. Oh yeah, it's there. It wasn't because of my hair. I've no. It, it's nighttime. I don't care about my hair. All right. So here's the deal for the, for, the, for the recap show. You need to run the run the thing up through the back of your thing so, so you can wear the hood. So I can wear the hood. And I'll try and find something to put on. And uh, Wilson probably won't dress up. Anyway, this is the early. <laughs> See, Rad says Buffalo may score two more touchdowns before the story is finished. <laughs> Entirely possible. Um, do love a good Togo party, TGLS. Oh uh, yeah, Togos are great. Anyway, this is the early uh, week nine look ahead odds. It's crazy that it's week eight, by the way. Week eight, and the Falcons and Seahawks are in first place in their divisions. The bird teams. Three, uh, four of the five bird mascots are in first place in their division currently. The Amazing. only one, only one not in first place. Uh, I can't think fast enough on my Cardinals. Feet. The Cardinals. Oh man, conveniently what a great year for birds. It's been a great year. I'm going to be a bird for Halloween. Conveniently breach a roadrunner. We are going to talk about the Cardinals because you have the Seahawks as one of your best bets. Another bird team that is in first place catching three as they travel to Arizona. This is actually. Also conveniently, one of the lines that I thought would move, spoiler, it already has, and it looks like it's going to move more. Your initial lean was Seahawks plus three. It's looking like a great bet because the Seahawks are plus two and a half, minus 120 already, which means this is headed towards a pickup more than likely. Yeah, Brinson, I just want to say ever since we switched the format of the show two weeks ago, my picks have been on fire. Uh, I'm like 10 and three this week, three and one with these best bets each of the last two weeks. It must be you just rubbing off on me. I don't know what it is, it, uh, but you know oh, what? Here's me. the thing it is that, uh, look, I'm just not going to pick against Seahawks anymore. I, I feel like Vegas is underestimating. There's just teams that for whatever reason, usually it all evens out and they kind of lose their value. Uh, you know, the Giants kept being underdogs. You could back them. But the Seahawks, there still seems to be some value. And the fact that they're three-point underdogs, look, the first few weeks of the season, this team's weakness was their defense. You could just move up and down the field on them. That's not a weakness anymore. They shut down the Giants on Sunday. They shut down the Cardinals two weeks ago. They shut down the Chargers last week. Their defense looks awesome now. Uh, their offense is still humming along. And if you're going to give me three points, I will gladly take them. Uh, although I will say the big difference between uh, when these two teams met two weeks ago, the Seahawks won 19 to nine. The Cardinals did not have DeAndre Hopkins in that game. So that is the big change this time around. But despite that, I am sticking with the Seahawks to cover the plus three. Well, I mean, it's just possible that the Seahawks are really good. And we yeah. talked about this uh, a little bit last week. 
I, I think, or we I've mentioned I've mentioned it several times, but the Seahawks 2022 draft class is sort of tracking a little bit. Somebody suggested maybe 2012 Seahawks, but that was really a culmination of several draft classes. Um, and then you had Russell Wilson in the third round. To me, it's very similar to the 2017 Saints draft class that featured uh, Ryan Ramchick, Marshawn Lattimore, um, both two first round picks, just like the Seahawks had, right? Uh, then and you also had a tackle that steps in as an immediate impact guy as a rookie. Um, and then you have you know, running back Alvin Kamara, uh, Kenneth Walker the third. Like it, it, it's not. It's fairly unusual when a team just like smashes the whole draft, but it's not unusual when a when a really great draft class can propel a team that may have been middling into a potentially elite team. Now, I still think you know Seattle's got some. You know, it, it helps that there's not a ton of elite teams in the NFC. For Seattle to rise up, same thing with Atlanta to rise up. Uh, but they, they shouldn't be catching three points against the Cardinals, who uh, heretofore have not been a particularly great team. Uh, and by the way, Call of Duty out now. The new Call of Duty is out, and Kyler Murray zero and one since the Call of Duty factor. I love it. If you're if you want to take the Seahawks, you need to get you should get it in now. You're probably not going to see a whole lot of threes or even pluses. I don't think it's crazy to suggest the Seahawks might close as a favorite. That's a it'd be a big big leap, but. You I mean, know, it's going to it's two, already right? move. It's already moved. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next up. Billy's. Uh, I missed it. Sorry. Vikings. My, oh, excuse me. Uh, you have a best bet on the Miami Dolphins. Brinson, I do. You know, we saw what the Dolphins did on Sunday against the Lions. They fell into an early hole, but they came back and they covered the spread. And now they are playing the Bears. They're favored by four and a half. That's what it opened as. And I just feel like the Dolphins have way too many weapons for the Bears to stop. And if this game turns into a shootout, I know the Bears have been playing on offense. They've been playing better offensively over the past two weeks, but I do not think they can keep up with the Dolphins in a shootout. I don't think the Bears defense is good enough to slow down the Dolphins. I mean, we saw what happened against the Cowboys, 49 to 29. I mean, that is a butt kicking. And let me just say that when the Bears lose, they lose big. Uh, this team has five losses on the season. They have lost those games by an average of 11.4 points per game. Uh, so I, I could see the Dolphins rolling here, maybe winning by a touchdown, which would easily cover that four and a half. So, yeah, I like Miami here. Yeah, and I, I actually um, only went with four lines that I thought would move significantly. But the the one I left out at like just the last minute because I wasn't 100% sure was – uh, this Dolphins Bears line, and it, it's not so much. It's it's really probably more about the like the Bears defense inability to slow down what is clearly a good Miami offense. I mean, I know that they've had a couple. You know, they've had the quarterback issues where Teddy's in and two is out with the concussion and Skylar Thompson. But like when they've had their full complement of guys, they can they can move the ball, and I don't really see a great path for um, Chicago slowing them down. That could be a really fun game, though, in terms of scoring. I, I, I don't think I'd be shocked if that line moved up because Justin Fields is starting to get – and Luke Getzey starting to get this offense going a little bit um, for Chicago. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't think it's that crazy to suggest that the, the total ticks up from 45.5, although uh, before I say that, let's double-check real quickly. Oh, could be 14-mile-an-hour uh, wins. 10, yeah, not too bad. A little bit of rain in Chicago. So it could be, so keep an eye out on that for Chicago because it does look like there's some, some weather in and around that weekend. And, and you know how it is in Chicago. It could get ugly. But uh, I, I tend to, I tend to agree with you. I think and if it does get ugly, actually, maybe that even favors the Dolphins if they can score early. You know, you just lean downhill on Raheem Mostert. 
Next up, you have the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert going to Atlanta against the first place Falcons and covering minus three. You know, the Falcons were darlings for the first five weeks because they covered every game they played in the first six weeks, uh, but they have not covered in the past two weeks. They are an 0 for 2 cover streak. And you know what? Look, they I know- should have covered today. Uh, should they have even won? I mean, Eddie no, Pinero no, missed an extra point and then missed a field goal. No, no, but but the they, you're saying the hail mary shouldn't have happened for PJ Walker to DJ Moore. I think he could probably prevent that. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, right before that, the Falcons scored on a 43 yard touchdown that also probably should have been prevented. So yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff should. Anyway, we'll get in that in the recap. So you're right. Yeah, to the Falcons, to, a bonkers sorry. game. Yes. So now, yes, the Falcons are in first place. And I think that works to the Chargers' advantage. I feel like the Chargers should be maybe a four-point favorite, four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. But they are not. They are only a three-point favorite. And you know what? You know what the Falcons cannot do, Brenton? They cannot stop the pass. They literally are giving up more than 300 yards passing per game. The only team in the NFL. They rank dead last at stopping the pass. P.J. freaking Walker threw for more than 300 yards against the Falcons in week eight and we saw what happens when this team plays a talented quarterback joe burrow diced up the falcon secondary two weeks ago it was ugly i think justin herbert will do a lot of the same now they're not gonna have mike williams a big part of this will be keenan allen's health if he's playing i think he could put up huge numbers against the secondary uh so if he is playing i love the chargers here if he is not playing i only like the chargers here yeah, the only concern I would have there is that the the one thing that the Falcons really, really like to do is run the football. And the one thing that the Chargers are really, really bad at is stopping the run. So, you know, you have uh, – I'm trying to think if there's a – like an obvious, I don't think there's any real revenge game available. But, I mean, look, Atlanta – I don't want to say they look good. I think I, Atlanta's confusing. I don't know if I want to mess with uh, the Chargers. That's that, – that, Seems to me like I get it that they're I, I get it why you like it because they're minus three. To me, that feels like a game where the Chargers go in there and like just charger it up and the Falcons steal one. That's just my thought early on. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of points in that one as well. 48 and a half total. Uh, all right, moving along. You have the Vikings as well. Minus three. I don't believe that's moved yet. It looked like it was going to move. And it's one of the ones that I have listed as a possible mover. Vikings minus three is minus 120. They're at Washington. Um, Kirk Cousins revenge game for sure. Uh, yeah, you don't think Kirk Cousins wants to win this game by three touchdowns? And look, Brinson, I'm officially on the Vikings bandwagon. They have just been rolling through their opponents. Uh, I, I think they can handle the Washington commanders and the Vikings have just been so good on offense because Justin Jefferson has been good. Dalvin cook has looked awesome. And as long as Kirk cousins doesn't make any dumb mistakes in this game, I'm sometimes there's an interception. We saw him get strip sacked against the Cardinals. There's always an ugly cousins mistake, but I think he will be extra careful not to make those mistakes because he does want to get revenge on this team. And look, yes, the commanders beat the Colts on Sunday, but their offense hasn't looked great. I think the Vikings can kind of slow them down and look, the Vikings have averaged 28, point four points per game over the past five weeks and if they get anywhere near that number i don't think the commanders can keep up so i like minnesota to cover here i mean sam ellinger was putting some putting some stuff up on the on the on the commanders in uh in, in week eight like it's entirely possible this vikings team and kevin o'connell coached there as well not that you know they haven't been there in a while but not that he's out for revenge but i mean i do think Kirk cousins will have it in the back of I mean have it in the forefront of his mind that he wants to uh that he wants to take down the team that refused to pay him before he left for Minnesota. And yes, the Vikings are impressive. 
you know, we're uh, we're recording this at halftime of Sunday Night Football. Not looking great for the the Packers to beat the Bills, which means the Vikings really could stretch out uh, this division lead with a win next week. Plus, it's Kirk Cousins, one o'clock in Washington. That's his wheelhouse, baby. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some a couple more lines that might move before the week kicks off or early on in the week next. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. So I mentioned the Vikings there, minus three, minus 120. I mean, I think now is the time to take it. You know, three and a half is just, it, it, I mean, it's a key number. And, you know, is is the Vikings, like, I don't think it would be crazy if Washington kept it close or stormed through the back door. You know, Minnesota's defense is, is pretty good, but it's not necessarily, like, like Taylor Heineke can get a little frisky at times. So I, I would I would want the three versus the three and a half, which it looks like it's going to go to. I wouldn't be surprised if we got to four or four and a half on the road. I know that's a lot, but like Minnesota is just a much more complete team than Washington right now. And you saw it against um, Indianapolis. Their defense won't bend the way that Gus Bradley's did. Um, the Pats. Pats minus six and a half is what I saw earlier. Hosting the aforementioned Colts. Oh, I was wrong. It's already moved to six. Interesting. Ooh. That's really surprising me. I mean, Belichick, I mean, Sam Ellinger is a, what is he, second year? Is he, he's not like third year, is he? No, he's second year. Yeah, second year. I mean, this is Belichick's wheelhouse is a, a like a, I don't want to say like not low level, but like non-superstar, you know, first or second year starter. You have Brent, and here's the exact number you're looking for. Since the beginning of the 2014 season, Belichick is 29 and six straight up against first or second year quarterbacks. Although he has lost, uh, he lost to Justin Fields a Monday. Now night. that would be the one thing that would give me a little bit of pause is that Sam Ellinger is a mobile quarterback and can run the ball. And we've seen that most of the guys, I think there's only one exception that we really found these first and second year starters who have beaten Belichick um, is a, or have been mobile style quarterbacks. So right. yes, Frank Wright could, you know, scheme that up for him. Um, the problem is like, I'm not sure. And I don't think the Pats are the, the Pats offense is cooking or anything like that. I mean, they kicked a ton of field goals against the jets, but I do think that you could see Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris kind of get loose in this game and maybe Mac attack a little bit on the back end there. So I, I, I thought it would move towards the Patriots. Maybe not. Maybe the move to look for here is the, on the total crashing. It's already 39 and a half. It wouldn't be that shocking if it ticked down to 38, 38 and a half, 30, 38, 37 and a half. Like the Pats aren't interested in scoring a ton of points as long as they can win. Bill Belichick doesn't want Mac Jones to make any big mistakes. And I, I think you'll see a, a lot of being conservative with Sam Ellinger in this game against a Belichick coached 
defense. All right. We mentioned the Seahawks. That's going to get shorter. Would expect that. The Bucks are minus two and a half. Ooh. Unless Ooh. it has moved since. Oh, it's moving, baby. Minus two and a half, minus 115. Um, I don't think the Bucks are particularly great. I don't think the Rams are particularly great. But I think the uh, Rams, what they want to do, pound the football, if they can, is not going to work as well against the uh, Buccaneers' defense, in theory. And maybe more importantly, Cooper Cup suffered an ankle injury. So there's a chance. Like if, I mean, there's not many dudes in the NFL breach that are worth, I'm not saying he's worth like three points or anything like that. But if Cooper Cup is for some reason listed as like, if he's out for this game, this line is going to close well above three. Like I think it'd be three and a half or four. And so if you want to get the bucks now, you can even give yourself a window where you buy back on the other side in the event that Cup plays. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, we've seen what the Rams offense is uh, when Cooper Cup is out of the game or uh, Matthew Stafford's security blanket is Cooper Cup. And if he's not in there, we also know that Matthew Stafford doesn't do a great job when they turn into a one-dimensional offense, which is what's going to happen uh, if Cooper Cup is not in there or if he's got a gimpy ankle and he's not 100%. So, you know, and him and Allen Robinson, I think Allen Robinson had five catches Sunday, but it's still not a big enough number where you're really afraid of that offense. So, yeah, if Cooper Cup is either not 100% or doesn't play, that is – I'm all in on the Buccaneers there. And, yeah, I do think you're right, and then it will move towards Tampa. All right. I think that's it. Did I, did I skip anything, right? Bucks. I think Bucks, Seahawks, Pats, Vikings, and maybe Dolphins uh, with a couple of those totals that I mentioned. We have, we're actually kind of on the same page in terms of our, uh, our picks there. Like, I think I think you've got a good set of picks here, especially in terms of getting like, like I like the picks, but also the, the um, excuse me, the CLV closing line value, a.k.a. Breach gets the Seahawks plus three, and they close it up minus one. You don't have to win. You're not guaranteed anything in, in, in betting on football, but that would be a pretty nice CLV. All right, Bridge, as always, great stuff. Let's go watch Buffalo uncork in the second half. Again, maybe Rodgers will come back. Who knows? Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Breach, I'm Brinson. Tune in after the Sunday Night Football for the recap show when Wilson joins us. See you guys. Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries showcasing real-life tragedies. What about with your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.